they're Ben and Aaron, and they love sharing about their love for Jesus and food covered in cheeses. Weird news, history, sports regaled from a generation raised playing Oregon Trail. National celebrations almost every day. There's only one thing I have to say. Don't you point or stare at their lack of hair. Yes, they're follically challenged, so sing along with the biblical Baldy Ballad. Get out of here, Baldy. Get out of here, Baldy. If you don't know what I mean, read 2 Kings chapter 2, verse 23. Get out of here, Baldy. Get out of here, Baldy. If you don't know what I mean, if you don't know what I mean, come and take a listen to your two bald kings. Blessed be Baldy buddies and welcome to another episode of the Get Out of Here Baldy podcast. I'm your host, Aaron Michaud, and I'm joined by, as always, the brilliant, talented, Mm. and handsome... Ben Hitsfield, Man, brother, how you doing? That's just too nice. Uh, doing great, and that was a, that was an awesome intro, by the way. That was just I, I, I'm finally getting conviction. Getting it. <laughs> it's groove. That's right. <laughs> I love it. Man, oh yeah, how's it's your been fear going. Just, well, yeah, you know, I just I feel like uh, I don't know. It this this weather. It just we've had this long break. We had just had two days of school last week, and we canceled Wednesday night. We, um, as we got into the week, I started looking at Sunday, and of course, Sunday was wind chills were anywhere between negative twenty to negative thirty, and you know, most of the day the temperature was below zero. So we had talked about doing no no service on Sunday, and there were a lot of churches in town that had had closed. But I just had this thought that. Yeah, I'm going to be at the church anyways, checking on water pipes. And so if there was anybody else that wanted to just get out of the house and could get out of the house, sure. that whoever showed up, even if I didn't have a worship team, even if we just had to pull out the hymnal and sing some songs and and then turn on Facebook Live and I can do my message, I thought that's what we'll do. And so I, we, we, we said, listen, if you got to stay home, stay home. There's no awards being handed out for bravery or courage today. Like right. we're we're not going to shame anybody. So stay home if you got to. If you make it to the church, someone will be there. We'll do something. We'll put it on on Facebook Live. I mean, that was kind of the idea. And yeah. and talking about communion, we were. I was talking to Melba, and uh, she was like, "Well, how many trays do you think we each tray is forty? cups and and i uh, at first we were like well let's just do let's just do four trays four full trays yeah 100 120 or i guess 100 i guess that'd be 160 uh you're a pastor <laughs> not a mathematician it's okay no, that's right and so then i was like well let's bring it down to three full trays you know 120 or something and uh and really in my mind i thought if we have 40 there you know that would be a great turnout and we actually had like 83 show up on, on Sunday morning. So there were just a few folks that they were, I mean, kind of like me, just feeling cooped up and cabin fever. They had to get out of the house. For those who needed to stay home, they did, and they got to partake in the service. And so it went, it went well. So, um, yeah, it's been an interesting week. And then, of course, today is Martin Luther King Jr. Day. The school's out again. 
And who knows what the rest of this week is going to look like with the school. If they're going to keep calling off school for temps, I have no idea. So we'll see. But we'll it's, see how the, it goes. it's the Christmas break that never ends. So. <laughs> <laughs> that song, like, mom and dad want you to go back to school again. Yeah, that's right. And we're, we're living doing, the lyric, folks. We're living the lyric. So, right. Asher, so Asher turned 13 this weekend. Oh, nice. And he really felt like the Lord blessed him with a four-day weekend. <laughs> Uh, for his birthday, because we were out on Friday, yeah, and then he uh, he had today off as well. Um, so he was feeling he was feeling blessed by God. And I'm going, you know, that's you're looking at the snow different than everybody else. I guess we should probably. That's right. Be pretty good about well, it. Well, happy birthday, Asher! Welcome to the teenage years. Do 13. I don't know. It's like Sarah and I were talking about it. I was like, oh my gosh, we have so much work left to do. There's there's, there's a lot. <laughs> He's, he's, a lot. Uh, he's not ready for the real, real world yet, but oh, yeah. man, yeah. I love that kid. He's, he's, a, he's, he's a good, he's a good kid. You got, and uh, we have, we've always enjoyed our interactions with, with Asher and Acer. Good, good kids. That's awesome. All right. Well, our national celebration, it would have been easy to do MLK. I probably should have, but most people will be listening to this after the fact. Totally cool. Um, no worries. And so, and this just hit me because it's a favorite topic of mine. So here we go. International Hot and Spicy Food Day, which is Tuesday, January 16th. And this is a day where we get to celebrate and devour some of the spiciest dishes in the world. Now, every country <laughs> on the globe has its own cooking style, its own recipes, and some nations eat mild food. Others enjoy hot items that will make you gulp down a jug of water. And so today is really all about those super spicy dishes um, and giving them a chance. And so, again, we'd encourage you to make sure you have your antacids or if your stomach can handle it. If you have an ulcer, please don't participate in today. Right. Uh, but if you can handle it, let's embrace it. And so, Ben, in general – yeah. I feel like we maybe discussed this before, and I should probably okay. know the answer to this question. Right. But you know what? I'm going to get to know you all over again. There you go. In general, do you, do you like spice to your food? I like mild. Okay. Uh, mild spice is, is good. I not, I don't a mind. A little queso with some Rotel, right? Yeah, right, right, right. And, and, you know, like I don't mind enough spice to make me want to drink some water or feel like I've got a, like a little – just a little – tingling going on in there like i don't mind that but otherwise i'm not a seeker of like what my limit is you know in bible right. college we went to to b-dubs and a friend of mine did their their blazing challenge and i, mm. I forget exactly i think it, i mean they, they had their, their their hottest and i think you had to try that and but you had to try some others before that kind of almost like what we're going to talk about in a minute with with sean evans but uh and it was just it, it was so fun so i'm not the one that would seek out those opportunities and i i don't know if there was some money on the line I'd give it a shot. I, I, I'd do it, you know, but uh, it'd have to be a pretty good chunk of money. So a good chunk of change. Yeah. I too, like, I like spicy food and I used to go hotter, but then I got four, like, I turned 40. Yeah. Um, right. It and things change. Now, if I eat spicy food past yeah. like six, six thirty at night, it's like I wake up in the middle of the night like I had too much to drink or something. <laughs> like, I'm in cold sweats, <laughs> lying on the bathroom yeah, that's tile. Um, and so it's funny. I love consuming it, but my body is not as receptive uh, to the whole process as it once was. I understand. Um, yeah. So I've had to kind of tone it back. 
Um, and certainly, usually, if I if we were, if we're going to go do some international spicy food, we'd probably try to do lunch rather than dinner. Yeah, that's a good idea. Yeah. Give me some time to recover. Let it process. You know, Pastor Cindy, she she's made this side dish a few times. That's uh, it's cream cheese, kind of flattened out on a board, and then mm-hmm. she puts a jalapeno jelly on top of that, and then you dip Ritz crackers into it. And I like it because it's not that spicy. That's that's why I like it. You know, so it's like surprising because I thought, oh, I'll try this, and it, it's going to kind of put my mouth on fire a little bit. But it, it was really just very, very mild, very mild. So, um, anyways, that's kind of where, where I'm at with spice. I I respect people that do it, and I love watch pe- watching people do the spice challenges. But for for me and my house, uh, we, we we stick to Rotel. So yeah. Yeah. And there are there are cuisines, you know, globally that just tend to have a little more heat than others. Yeah. And uh, as we think about this, I really spicy or not, though, do you yeah. have like a favorite? So, what are some of your favorite international dishes? I like uh, the the curry, the yellow curry chicken and rice uh, mm-hmm. that from India, and uh, you know, curry is one of those spices that. If you go too much with it, it, it is really off-putting. But yeah. with the right amount, it's it's just it's so good. I mean, it's, there's such a um, uh, it's robust, and it really makes you feel like you ate something, and you really don't have to eat a lot of it. So I think that's one. Um, and and I I think uh, different uh, different kinds of salsas. Um, I, I like different kinds mm. of trying different salsas at uh, different Mexican restaurants and seeing how does this one sort of differ from 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 the other. So um, salsa, curry, um, and I really I don't know if I've really had much more, you know, uh, than kind of the Mexican, Hispanic cuisine and, and Indian cuisine. Uh, I guess Asian. I mean, I love Asian, but I sure. usually don't do anything that's spicy when it comes to Asian food. Okay. Well, they're they've got lots of good choices. Yeah. And, oh yeah. No, I so I am also a curry guy, um, and I love curries because there are like you've got Indian curry, which is different from Thai curry. Yeah. Um, and they're yeah, which is really neat. I mean, they've got some similarities, but there's also some nuance there. Mm. And I think the I mean the Thai curry is probably one of my favorites because um, they'll use those little red chili peppers yeah. that are like, oh. like brutal. But yeah, again, if they don't good. overdo it, yeah. Um, it's one of those ones that kind of creeps on you as you're eating a whole bowl. It's actually, it never really like overwhelms your palate. Yeah. It's more of like, oh my gosh, my whole face, I'm starting to beat up. And it's more of a, like a, a slow cooker heat yeah. where you're like, oh, I'm, that's, I'm feeling this more than I was at the beginning. Um, and I kind of like that kind yeah, of heat. That's um, better. Because it just doesn't smack you in the face uh, right away. But yeah. you're like, why is my nose running? And. <laughs> I'm, my bald head is perspirating. Um, uh, and so I don't mind a little bit of that. Um, particularly like when they do like the coconut curry. Yeah. Oh, that's good. There's uh, some of my yeah. favorite ones. We had one place, an Indian place in Spokane um, that did a mango curry. Mm. Phenomenal. And then there was a, a Thai place that did a, a pineapple curry. Oh, wow. And those okay. are like two of my favorite dishes. Thai. Um, Salatai, and then I've got what was the? I'm trying to think. The one we have here in Branson's India clay oven. That's not the one I'm thinking of. The mango tree. Oh, the mango okay. tree. If you're ever in Spokane, the mango tree Indian restaurant. They're non-dunked mm. in that mango curry. Can't beat it. Wow. Okay. 
And then, yeah, I too wow. am a Mexican fan. I do like like uh, Chili Reinos where they just take like yeah. a poblano. That's good. And fill it. We've got this place, um, Cantina Laredo here in Branson. Okay. That does this shrimp stuffed um, Chili Reino. And they don't do like a batter and fry it. So it was actually, oh. it's a little lighter. Yeah. It's not overly spicy, but man, it was, it's just one of the best Mexican dishes good flavor, I've ever had. Huh? I think we're getting an Indian restaurant up in the North Shops area, and it's the the clay. What'd you call, what'd you call it? Indian clay oven. I think so. I think that's what they're oh. what it's called. So it must be oh, a small wow. little chain or something. So well, the one uh, we have here in Branson, Asa. It was funny. We took my aunt, who usually never does food like this. Yeah. Uh, my mom and and Asa, and he got something that. <laughs> Like it was like a pork dish, uh-huh. and I was like, I don't know if he's gonna like. Dude, the kid loved it, and he had some heat. Um, he's funny. He's he's kind of getting into the spice a little bit, almost nice. to the point where he's like, Hey, Dad, can we push this a little bit? Um, and so he's 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 a fun one to eat with uh, now. So funny. good going, good yeah. going, Asher. So, uh, folks, oh, that was Asa. You we said? would love to hear, like, one, give us recommendations in Branson yeah. and St. Joe yeah. uh, and the surrounding areas for good international cuisine. There you go. And let us know what your favorite dish is, spicy or not. Again, you don't have to kill yeah. yourself. Right. Um, but, yeah, it is flavor, man. And I, what I love about international cuisine is it usually tells you something about the region it came from. Like, what crops did they sure. grow? Yeah. Um, and all those sorts of things. Um, and there's something, there's a story about a culture contained within the food. And I think that's worth celebrating. True. I like that. Celebrate. All right. Well, our Baldy of the week, sticking with the spice theme, is Sean Evans. Yeah. Now, Sean is the host of Hot Ones, which he co created with Chris Schoenberger, mm. the general manager of First We Feast, uh, which is kind of a, a media company. Um, and uh, Hot Ones, it's, the, the tagline is, it's the show with hot questions and even hotter wings. Um, and so they kind of go, that's his go-to line. Um, but the idea kind of sprang from a meeting between these two where they're just brainstorming the celebrity interview. Um, and so Sean, I was reading up on him a little bit. He used to just watch like Jay Leno and David Letterman and kind of got obsessed with just interviewing. Yeah. Um, and this comes out because he asks some of the best questions, I think. Take the wings out of this show, and I think his questions still make it worth watching. Mm. Um, but their their idea here was just tr- trying to do a fresh take on the celebrity interview. Yeah. And so they came up with this idea of eating hot wings. And the, the idea – I love this quote from him. He says, you know, celebrity is so unattainable by definition. Yeah, but but what's more common than dying on hot sauce? And so this <laughs> idea that it kind of brought celebrities down to our level, yep. the normal person level, because they're not immune uh, to the heat. You're right. So this has been a crazy successful show. I mean, yep. millions of views per episode. It's amazing. Um, and so it's pretty simple. It's ten chicken wings, um, and each each wing gets hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter and hotter. And with every every wing comes a, a question, and he does his research and asks yeah. some good ones. Yeah, um, that's good. And it's kind of neat. They've turned it into a way of doing different sauce lineups. So every season they'll change out the sauces, except yeah. for the mm. uh, bomb, which usually sits, I think, in their eighth spot. Okay, and that's the one where it really it usually punches people in the face. Yeah, that one. yeah, um, yeah. Right. 
And so it's just it's a it's a it's kind of a great concept for a show. And I love simple ideas that just work. Yeah. And this this show felt like one of them. Sure. Um, oh man. And so Ben, have you watched Hot Ones? And if so, did you have a kind of a favorite interview? Yeah. Um, I was curious to see how long it's been going, and it looks like it was 2017. Is that when? That sounds about right. It's been a while now. So, you know, during like season 24 or whatever. Yeah, that's right. So I was kind of looking through a list because I've seen quite a few. I haven't seen every one, but uh, Gordon Ramsay was one that was good just because he's such a, such a tough, you know, outer exterior (laughs) and just that. So it was fun to see him sweat a little bit. Um, Kevin Hart, just dude, (laughs) that guy cracks me up and, and seeing him eating the hot wings and struggling that that was classic i love kevin hart and he's got his own little version of this where he gets a celebrity and they'll they'll go into like like an ice tub and they'll take an ice bath and they'll, okay. they'll lower themselves more and more into the ice bath as they're talking and the title <laughs> the title is a little risque so I, I won't say it on the air but if you're, <laughs> if you're curious and you, and you want to look it up Kevin Hart ice bath interview and and it like it's probably not the bad like this one here with Sean Evans is pretty it's pretty clean like you know so but the one with with Kevin Hart sometimes gets a little but you know so that's good when they get hot every once in a while there might be a a word or two that (laughs) comes out folks (laughs) Uh, and of course you know I see your Chiefs hat on over there uh, we just got done celebrating a Chiefs victory. Uh, I saw that Travis Kelsey uh, was on it a few years ago, so I need to go back and check that one because I don't remember uh, the content of that. A couple baldies that were on there that were good. We talked about uh, Terry Crews yeah. uh, a few episodes back, a year ago or so. And so that was a good one, seeing that big, burly guy yeah. you know, eating those and just being brought down, to again, like to our level with these spicy foods. Uh, that shack was that same way. Yes, <laughs> that's another good one. Uh, and then Stone Cold Steve Austin was another another baldy that I really appreciated. One of my favorite um, actors, uh, Kevin James, he had mm-hmm. a really good one. And Jason uh, Sudeikis is another one of my uh, favorite actors he was, who was on that. He was a great interview. Yeah, that was really I good. I watched that one. Yeah. yeah. And then there was Paul one. Rudd, Paul Rudd was one Paul of my Rudd. favorites. Paul Rudd. Oh, yeah. yeah you, mentioned, you mentioned some of the really good ones. Uh, there was Paul one uh, with Binging with Babish. Have you seen him on uh, Babish on, on YouTube? So no. he's he's another baldy, and he's kind of like a Sean Evans kind of like he does like food, cuisine, and a bunch of other stuff. It's kind of a variety show on YouTube. And okay. So binging with Babish, check that out. But Babish was on um, on this as well, and did did a had a really good interview with. Yeah, it's Sean funny. Evans. This show is kind of like my how I keep up with like who's in like pop culture. Yeah, yeah, that's a good way <laughs> well, to do it. He doesn't have the big name celebrities, but there's a lot yeah. of other influences. Yeah. Uh, influencers on there. Absolutely. And so it's, it's a good way for me to kind of stay tuned with like what's actually what's going, going on, on. Yeah. And what people are talking about. And it's a wide array of people. I mean, people that you, you, maybe you just don't care much for, uh, yeah. whether they're on a different team that you don't root for, maybe you don't like their movies, maybe you don't like their politics, whatever their views, uh, <laughs> that really kind of makes them a little more approachable in, in those, those episodes, which is what I yeah. appreciate. Well, I think like the hot wings part of it's just fun. Cause you see yeah. people suffer, um, a little bit. And, yeah. but the, the part that I think really does makes the show. And I've noticed there's a few 
few people who, again, they, they do so many interviews. Um, the questions that Sean asks, they'll actually pause and go, that's a great question. Like, it's yeah. almost like as they're getting in the interview, they're going, yeah. this guy is coming up with such thoughtful questions that I never get asked. Yeah, right. And um, to me, I, he just, again, I think the show itself and the layout gets all the hype, hmm. but he as a person is a master of his craft. Oh, for sure. And I've learned a lot about, like, how do you interview someone well? Yeah. Um, and he just, because he does some deep dives and, like, research. Because there's some people that go, how did you even, like, you must have really done your work to come up with that question. Yeah. Um, it's great. And and I guess the other thing is that he's eating them right along with with the people. Yes. And, and you, like, he still gets affected by it. Maybe not as much as, as he used to. But he's still, I mean, it's it's oh, yeah. it's not it's not a cakewalk for him, even this long into this this series that he's been doing. So well, he's cool. funny because like he'll people ask like if they should eat the whole wing or a little bit, and he goes, "I'll just follow you." Oh, yeah. And I, again, yeah. that is so. If they're gulping down the whole wing, <laughs> yeah, he'll he's do follows it. suit. Uh-huh. If they nibble, then he gives himself permission just just to do that. Yeah. Um, but That's he great. doesn't leave them out to dry. He goes on the journey with them, which yeah. I, I think is just a part of. There's just a lot about him that makes him a a, a good interviewer and yeah. i i never sure. thought of that as like a skill set mm. but in watching him and just learning about uh some of the things like the efforts he really puts into making that happen yeah um has been it's it's been good good information for me for sure yeah did you have any other any other favorites that stood out to you oh gosh um elaine god what's her name from uh seinfeld Oh, okay. Um, yeah, <laughs> she was so. So, and uh, so, some of these people who are older celebrities, <laughs> it's kind of like it's fun to just see because they they really that whole that idea of letting down the veil and not just doing the typical celebrity answers. Yeah. I think the show combined with their experience and just kind of being done with like jumping through those hoops, I think make for some just really hilarious, sure. great interviews where you're like, Oh my God, we're just, we're going here or having this conversation. Yeah. And they, I don't know. It's the, those old, older seasoned vets combined with the style of the show really makes you feel the human side of the celebrity. And yeah, so I agree. those have been some of my favorite, but she was, she was a riot. Cause she was just like clearly being herself. Um, <laughs> And I, I think some of those, it's like they just come on for either to promote a new show or whatever. But there's right. a few of them that just come on just because, just because. Yeah, and there's been and a those couple tend to be twice. some of the the most fun. Uh huh. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of <laughs> a couple of them have been on there twice. I think Seth Rogen was on there twice. Um, there, there's been a few others that have made yeah. a couple appearances. So that's impressive. So yeah, I mean, chances are if you're a fan of some sort of celebrity, you'll find somebody you know on there, and that might be a good foray yeah. into it. Again, some of them are probably uh, the only disclaimer would be there can be some language yeah. um, depending on when they get to the eighth wing um, <laughs> who they are, as you would expect. Um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, some of them. <laughs> I think that's a problem. Most of them have those inhibitions. Into I think it was was it Jason that. I remember there's somebody whose goal was not to curse on the show, <laughs> yeah. and they were doing great until, until it slipped out after that eighth wing. The bomb. And then, oh, darn it. I, 
I was trying not to do that. It might have been Tom Hanks, too. I don't know. Oh, right. yeah. Tom Hanks. Oh, I love Tom Hanks. I got to go and so, see that one. Hey, Sean Evans, thanks for being a great interviewer. Thanks yeah. for coming up with a great concept for a show. True. Yeah. Um, again, I know there's a lot of we used to do kind of hot ones lineups um, just at home uh, for fun <laughs> just to see if we could uh, make it happen with friends. And now Ace is he, he saw his interest in spicy food was because he was watching me watch one of these episodes <laughs> and now he's all in the hot wings so we had some last night during the game nice we had a sweet spicy kind of thai one yeah and yeah. he was loving it and grabbing them so ah that's good, good times yeah that's good so dude this epiphany season is going to be a lot of fun because yeah. we're both preaching from the lectionary texts and i don't are you king in the gospels or are you going to be moving around well cindy's preaching next week she's she's going to do the the mark uh mark uh gospel and then the the last sunday of the month um we're doing kind of a weird service um it's it's a different type of service it won't be a, a sermon per se it'll be more like a the state of the church uh kind of a um, and it, it won't be just me. It'll be a few others kind of stepping in there and talking about some things. So um, so I think I'm not back on the lectionary until February. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll probably stick with the Gospels and then tie in some of the uh, extra readings as, as I'm able to. So, um, But you did. So, well, I'm looking forward to talking about how you did that this week. Now, are, what's your preaching schedule going forward? What, what are you looking at for this upcoming? So, yeah, we're, for Epiphany, we're just hanging out in the gospel lectionary okay. text, and then we'll move to First Peter for Lent. Okay. Oh, nice. So oh, good, good. First Peter. Ah, that'll be nice. That'll be good. Yeah, it'll be it'll be fun. Yeah. So, but this week we were both in John 1, 43 through 51. Yeah. Um, and I thought this is great because now we don't have to talk about two sermons. That's well, right. I two sermons, but one passage. Yeah. So we get to kind of just sit and camp here. For sure. And I thought I'd start just by reading the passage. Do it. And then yeah. we'll go from there. Perfect. So this is John 1, beginning in verse 43. This is the Christian Standard Bible, uh, if you're following along in something else. The next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee. He found Philip and told him, follow me. Now, Philip was from Bethesda, the hometown of Andrew and Peter. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have, the, we have found the one Moses wrote about in the law, and so did the prophets. Jesus, the son of Joseph from Nazareth. Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Nathanael asked him. Come and see, Philip answered. Then Jesus saw Nathanael coming toward him and said about him, here truly is an Israelite in whom there is no deceit. How do you know me? Nathanael asked. Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you, Jesus answered. Rabbi, Nathanael replied, you are the son of God. You are the king of Israel. Jesus responded to him, do you believe because I told you that I saw you under the fig tree? You will see greater things than this. Then he said, truly, I tell you, you will see heaven opened and the angels of God ascending and descending mm. on the Son of Man. Mm. Woo! I love it. That's a good. That's a good call story there. One of the more unique yeah, ones. It is a good one. Now I, I enjoyed uh, your your sermon, and what what I love is it just highlights like there there are different things to see yeah. or that unlock kind of the passage for us as, as we look at it that are sometimes just a little different. Yeah. And so 
we both actually keyed into a phrase, but yeah. there, were, there are different ones. Sure. And so I thought maybe could you tell us what phrase you keyed in on and how that became kind of the thrust of your message? Yeah, it was uh, Nathaniel's question, how do you know me? And that was the, mm. what I titled the, the message. And I think the reason why that stood out to me was because the epiphany season, we, we hammer in so much on these stories that talk about uh, our, our, our epiphany revelation of, of Jesus, you know, mm-hmm. and, and that being entrusted to humans and our response to it. And that still occurs in this passage, um, you know, as, as uh, we, we see Simon and Andrew and, and Philip, uh, they respond, they, they're given this epiphany, this revelation of Jesus by their friend John the Baptist, who says, behold, the Lamb of God. And uh, so they become disciples of him. And so that's, that's a typical epiphany gospel story. And so then what I love is then this, that, that part where Nathaniel uh, is told about the one that Moses has talked about, that we found the Messiah, you know, is, is what Philip says to him, mm-hmm. uh, Jesus, son of Joseph, of Nazareth, <laughs> of course, the, the the best one of the one of the best, most hilarious lines in the scripture is Nathaniel's. Can anything good come from Nazareth? You know, because I think that that strikes home with a lot of us because we've either some of us have lived in places where maybe there was just a bad reputation. Junction City, Kansas, where I grew up at, just had a bad reputation in light of being next door to Manhattan. Junction City was like the the where the gangs were, the violence, where all the kids were yeah. having sex in, in high school. And uh, I think at one point when I was growing up, we had the highest uh, teen pregnancy per capita in the state of, of, of Kansas, you know? And so that was like, you know, can anything good come from Junction City? So that, that speaks to, to my experience growing up as a kid. And I would say like even here in St. Joe, you know, there there's probably people that f- have felt the same way who've lived here, and they're like, "Can anything good come from St. Joseph, Missouri?" You know, and so like you can understand Nathaniel and what he's thinking when Jesus is a when the Messiah is then attached to coming from Nazareth, and he's like, "That's just impossible." Mm-hmm. And and so I love this idea that Nathaniel is on the way to see Jesus because Philip's like, well, you just got to come and see. Like, <laughs> I don't know what else to tell you. You just got to come and see. And so Philip is, is, or Nathaniel's on his way. And Jesus, it just seems so random. Like Jesus like sees Nathaniel coming. And before Nathaniel has a chance to say a word, Jesus mm-hmm. says, ah, here comes an Israelite in whom there is no deceit, no guile, no um, uh, false falsehood, you know, mm-hmm. and it just you're like, wow, what put yourself in, in the shoes of, of Nathaniel, and how, how how would you receive that about yourself? I'm sure Jesus, I mean, Jesus wasn't saying that Nathaniel was perfect and that he didn't have any sin, um, but there was something about Nathaniel's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, that Jesus knew and was was making public, was calling out. And it just surprised Nathaniel so much, it caused him to ask that question, mm. how do you know me? And in, in the message, at the end of the message, I or kind of towards the, the latter part of the middle of, of the message, I, I said something along the lines of, that this is one of the most important questions that we ask. Um, mm. Many of us are Christians today because we've asked that, how, how do you know me? Um, and the response that we get when we when we come to know that well God knows us because he 
in him we live and move and have our being, that he mm. created us, when we come to grips with that, um, then the natural response is what happens next with Nathaniel, and that's to declare that uh, Jesus is, you are the, what, what do you say, um, the son of God, the king of Israel. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so it, it's so in, in a sense, like Philip or Nathaniel becomes a follower of Jesus in a sense because he's made aware of the fact that it's basically his understanding that that God knows me, that Jesus, the Messiah, knows me, and that's what sort of brings him to his knees. And anyway, so it's just that was kind of what I keyed in on uh, for for my message. Um, that's awesome. I love it. Now I saw I, I saw you had had uh, talked a little bit about the skepticism of Nathaniel, and I really appreciated that. So I'll, I'll talk about kind of what you keyed sure. in on, and and I think there's some some good things that came from them. So, yeah, so like you grabbed your title right out of there. I come and see. Yeah. Um, so Philip's response to Nathaniel's can anything good come out of Nazareth is kind of what I keyed in on. And like like you pointed out in the first part of John leading into this passage, mm-hmm. there's kind of this pattern that gets set yeah. Um, yeah. that John the Baptist points Andrew and an unnamed disciple, probably John, yeah. to Jesus. Yeah. And then Andrew goes and grabs Peter and I kind of made an argument that it says Jesus goes to the Galilee and finds Philip. I actually think um, it's unclear in the text who the he is. Mm. And it could be, I think, Andrew first finds, because it actually says this, Andrew first found Peter. And I think he might actually be the one who went and got Philip as well. Sure. Um, I could be wrong. Um, sure. A lot of the major no, translations, translations disagree with me on that. But I think that's the pattern is yeah. that, the uh, John knows Jesus, so he points these two guys to Jesus. Andrew finds Peter and finds Philip and brings him to Jesus. And then Philip goes and grabs Nathaniel. That yeah. that's this idea of kingdom expansion yeah. is that follow people who follow Jesus go and find other follow, people to follow Jesus. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so I spent some time talking about that. That we witness to who Jesus is. Yeah. Um, and I love that he goes Jesus of Nazareth, and he's not shy. Um, about even proclaiming that. that Philip's not embarrassed <laughs> yeah. by Jesus. Yeah. Um, even when uh, Nathaniel kind of expresses the skepticism about yeah. it. Because you know that yeah. Philip probably knew that that was going to be the response. Because that yeah. wasn't just Nathaniel's perception of Nazareth. <laughs> well, yeah, and, and probably the whole regions. Because it was yeah. like I, I shared last week when it, it highlights in Mark that Jesus was from Nazareth that that was probably something that gets mentioned to really contrast against the people from Judea and Jerusalem. And again, the one rabbi wrote, Galilee, Galilee, your end will be basically subjection to the Romans because you just refuse to listen to God's law. Yeah. And so I laugh because Nathaniel's from the Galilee, right? Yeah. He's from Cana, John sure. 21, 2. Yeah. Um, and so it's like you said, this place, it's like St. Joe, like the North yeah. Siders looking down on the South, South Siders. Side. Yeah. Um, <laughs> like Nazareth's kind of bottom of the barrel yeah. Uh, yeah, there yeah. in the Galilee region. Uh-huh. And, but just unashamed. And then when he, but the reaction, what I love is there's rather than respond with some sort of defense or anything else, he just extends this invitation, yep. right? Come and see. Come and see. And I think so often in our, our witness, it's again, it's, I love that he's talking about Jesus. I found the one mm. right, who, of who the Moses and the prophets spoke yeah. um, 
or in the case of Andrew to Peter, right? I found the Messiah. Mm. And right, you talk about who Jesus is and you witness to he who he is, but ultimately what people most need mm. is a firsthand encounter. Yeah. And it's so easy to either yep. explain Jesus, defend Jesus, you know, whatever it is, mm-hmm. rather than just invite people, come come True. see him. True. And so I kind of keyed in on that. And <clears throat> I think, like you said, when he highlighted, there's something about Nathaniel's character that even though he's skeptical in some sense, there's this honest inquiry. Yeah. That there's not this duplicity. He actually does take the time to come check out these claims mm-hmm. that are being made. Yeah. And I think that Jesus welcomes the skeptic um, because he's, he's, I mean, though he's questioning and wrestling, sure. I think it's being done honestly. Sure. Um, and I think that's a real encouragement. And what happens is, again, you get this miraculous supernatural knowledge of whatever's happening under the fig tree. Yeah. Um, you also get this claim that I'm uh, really the place that heaven and earth meets um, mm. and that... Again, the Son of Man on the figure from uh, Daniel chapter 7, the cloud rider who will be given dominion and rule over the nations for all of eternity. Mm. Um, So when we introduce people to Jesus, like a lot of their doubts, skepticism, because he is who he is, he can kind of overwhelm those. Um, And so I spent a a fair bit of time just talking about like, Mm. invite people to encounter Jesus. Now, we don't have Jesus standing on the shores of table rock right where we can just introduce people we do have the scriptures yeah. and we do have the gathered body of christ mm-hmm. both of which at least in my theology like jesus is is actually present in those places yeah. um and so i think we can by opening up a gospel with someone mm-hmm. or inviting them that's why we invite people to church sure. i actually think they can encounter yeah the real and living Jesus in the gathered body. In that, yeah. Um, yeah. We're, we're yeah. in a way that's just different than if we sit down to coffee together. Sure. Um, and so all of that was to say, like Jesus makes mm. followers out of skeptics. Cause yeah. like you said, when, when Nathaniel encounters Jesus, his supernatural knowledge, when he confronts who he, who he is, yeah. he goes from can anything good to going, yes, yeah. Yes, the Son of God and the King of Israel can come out of Nazareth. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's good news. So, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. good news. <laughs> and so I think for us, yeah. it's real easy to go when we run into skepticism mm. or doubts or objections yeah. um, or criticisms of the faith and who Jesus is. It's mm. so easy to feel like we have to deal with those. Sure. If we just will extend yeah. people an invitation to meet Jesus— yeah. Um, he has a habit of just taking skeptics and turning them into followers. It's one of the things he does. I appreciate um, your story. And that's not on us, yeah, right? Jesus right. will do that. Yeah. All we got to do is extend the invitation. That's it. I appreciate your story at the end of, of your message about how mm-hmm. you were that skeptic. Um, had it not been for the invitation uh, uh, of, of a pastor friend and, and, a, and a church community to let you come alongside and encounter Jesus through the scriptures and through the fellowship of the saints. Yeah, you're right. I mean, that's, and that's such a freeing thing for us too, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. 
you, you, you surely we, we can point people to different resources, um, to different apologetics, to different things that might explain certain things. But at the end of the day, there's always going to be a leap of faith that someone's like, I, I just don't know too many Christians who are faithfully following Jesus, who still don't have to wrestle with certain, just certain questions or, or doubts or, or having some, still some skeptic in them. Yeah. But yet at the end of the day, that impersonal encounter, like you said, with Jesus, that Jesus is capable of bringing that person on over. And yeah, I forget that so often. <laughs> well, it's funny. Like, as a, again, when I was kind of in that place, like I, I either found answers or people gave me kind of answers to some of my questions, objectives yeah. that I actually think are hot garbage. Now. <laughs> well, yeah. And totally right. would not, would not give those same answers to someone. Right. And again, that didn't make it bad or wrong for me to explore those or people to give them to me. But like, if that was what yeah. my faith rested on was sure. the answers. Oh gosh. Yeah. Then I would have abandoned the faith, right. but it, it rested on the person of, of Jesus. And so I could change my mind yeah. about the, those questions and the answers mm. to them and n- my faith not be rocked. That's so good. And so I think that's too, we gotta, yeah, we gotta make sure we're giving people the right foundation, which is an encounter with Jesus and not whatever answers we have their questions. Not that that's mm. bad, but that cannot sure. be the foundation of right. their faith. Right. Yeah. hundred percent. And I, I, I like that idea. You know, you had pointed out and, and emphasized at the end of that passage, how, you know, Nathaniel calls, Jesus, the Son of God, the King of Israel, um, and then Jesus is like, "You think that's impressive? Like <laughs> you're going to see the Son of God ascending and descending on the mm-hmm. Son of Man." And some of that, I don't know if some of that could be like an allusion to. And, and you had pointed out how the "you" in there is plural, so what, you know, like yeah. it's opening it up to Nathaniel and the rest of the disciples, and maybe the rest of the gathered community, and then maybe we as you know, later on followers of Jesus and what ways are we seeing that happen? But, um, I thought that was really cool too. Cause it's like, Jesus, like, I mean, I'm glad that that's what captured Nathaniel's heart, but <laughs> brace yourself because this is just scratching the surface on what you're going to see. And then I appreciated how then you took that to Genesis. Is it 28? 2812. Yeah. So then, it's, uh, and that, I think the reason Jesus is using that the way he did was there is, I didn't get into this in the message, but there's sure. some rabbinic interpretations of that being messianic and that the ladder is not actually, I mean, I've kind of pointed it to probably being an image of temple. Sure. Um, but some rabbis actually said, no, it's not it that, that they're ascending and descending on. It's actually Jacob. Interesting. I, and so okay. there's some yeah. grammatical arguments or whatever. Sure. But in that case, he would be yeah. kind of a, a type for the Messiah in that sense. And so yeah. that might that might be what Jesus tapped into. Again, I didn't want to. Was that the Old Testament reading for the lectionary, the Genesis twenty-eight? That wasn't. You know, Brian Zond he preached on the same passage, and he brought up Genesis twenty-eight as well, and he did a great job of. He he was basically like how Nathaniel was sort of like part two of, of Jacob, basically it was, yeah. you know, kind of, it's that story told now with Jesus in flat with God in fleshed. And it's not just a vision. Now this is actually what's happened. It's a reality at this point, heaven. Well, earth. and I think the connection to that story is why he says in, in Israelite who there is no deceit because yeah. you have the deceiver. Yes. The deceiver. And yeah. There's right. a strange, uh, there's That's something going on yeah. with Mark 
and Genesis 28 that's even more than I even have like studied or gotten into. Yeah. And Brian might have been tapping into that. I think there's, so. There's some sort of weird inversion happening there. It's interesting. So it, it just kind of wet my appetite for it. So when, when I saw that you had brought that up as well, I was like, man, I, that's that's real that's some rich that's some rich stuff. So Jamar, oh God, I mean, or no, this is John. Yeah, he's doing <laughs> some stuff there. So yeah, that whole that statement to Nathaniel about who he is. Yeah. Uh, there's some sort of connection to Jacob. Yeah. And, sure. you know, the liar deceiver. Sure. Um, and like you said, even, yeah, it'd be fun to really sit and reflect and meditate on like what, yeah. how is this taking that whole concept of God meeting that one and even deepening it further? Absolutely. Oh, man. <clears throat> I love it. Dude. Anyway, and so is there anything else? I mean, that was one of them, I, I suppose. Yeah. But any other parts of the yeah. passage or things that came out in your study that you either didn't get to mention in the message that you just thought, man, this was really kind of a cool thing, and we could talk about it a little bit. Sure. Um, you know, I, I I think for for the most part, I mean, I really I wanted to touch a little bit more on um, the the ending of that passage with you'll see the son of god descending and mm-hmm. and ascending um you know and of course that took me to the baptism scene is what i originally was thinking of um does john have a baptism story the gospel of john i don't think he does cuz i you know yeah. i did the lead in unless uh-huh. the witness and testimony huh. of john the baptist no, yeah, no, he doesn't. Yeah, you're right. So that's just Matthew, Mark, and and Luke that that do the the baptism scene. So, so you know, oh, but he testifies about it. So John will say uh, in okay. John's gospel, John testified, "I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove and rested on him." Okay, okay. Right. So yeah, yeah. So th- that was one thing that you know I I want if I could have had a little more time to to spend I would have, but. Um, but otherwise, um, I, you know, I really wanted to key in on this idea that uh, really the good news isn't just about our knowledge of Jesus. Um, really, our knowledge of Jesus always comes after the fact that that he knows us. Like that's the beginning of it, and then when we come face to face with that. It's Careful, such, you're going to start sounding like a Calvinist. <laughs> uh, you know, you, you've kind of corrupted me a little bit over the last <laughs> year that I've no, year and a half I've known you. So, uh, leaning a little bit more into being okay with some nuance in there, and yeah, that's and, right. Uh, you know, but this <laughs> I, this idea that uh, it, the fig tree part really, I didn't want to get too much into that, and, and you know, and and I had I had seen some interpretations you had mentioned briefly in your yeah. message. Uh, as well about there's some rabbinic traditions about sitting under the fig tree um, sort of might have implied reading the Torah uh, praying so I thought that was an interesting thing um, and there were a few other interpretations that got really deep and really technical and I was like that's not going to suit my purposes for this and so I was sure. like I, I would just like to think that perhaps Nathaniel like there was no rhyme or reason to it. He's just sitting under the fig tree in the heat of the day, you know, and and so that perhaps maybe one of the reasons why Nathaniel is just so flabbergasted that that Jesus knows him is because, like, I was sitting under the fig. You saw me sitting under the fig tree, you know, like that's all it took. And right. and so it's a, there was this idea that that long before Jesus or long before Nathaniel would would seek out Jesus, Jesus 
already saw Nathaniel there under the fig tree, but we know then from Psalm 139, which was the one of the texts yeah. for the day, and there's this great truth that Jesus in God knew Nathaniel even long before then, you know, when he was being formed in the depths of the earth. And so I kind of weaved Psalm 139 at the end of the message and invited people to sit with that Psalm uh, the sure. rest of this week in prayer. Uh, it's That has been a Psalm that... Um, I've tried to incorporate into my life on a daily basis and, and read, and it's just made such a dent in my heart because when you read through it, and this is what I invited the people to do is like, think about who's taking the action in Psalm 139, <laughs> you know, like most of the action that we're taking in Psalm 139 is meditating upon the works of the Lord. You know, yeah. the action that we're taking is more like, like, like getting in sync mentally with this understanding that we were formed and shaped and, and planned out and all of our days in, in some amazing way are written in, in God's book. And, you know, it's just that glorious truth. And so that's what I wanted to connect the that John passage with Psalm 139 and it just I, I love how the lectionary um creators chose to to fit those together it was such a good it was beautiful I mean we read the first Samuel passage in mm. in during service as well and it's fun because we do a sermon discussion afterwards yeah and what I loved was one of the first comments had nothing to do with my sermon yeah it was like a curiosity about uh the Samuel reading mm. um and I actually yeah. really love that because I'm like, well, this person, like, sometimes we key in on just the sermon. Yeah. And it's easy to forget, like, there's a whole lot of the other rest of the service that's probably worth meditating on. Sure. Um, but what came out of that when I was yeah. kind of reading and listening to your message, uh, too, there's that whole, there is that theme of being known or seen yeah. by God. Yeah. And in that one, as we kind of discussed as a church, like, there's that. The guy who's supposed to know and hear from God doesn't, yeah. and, and there's a block. Whereas this little ignorant child mm. uh, does, and so there's yeah. uh, like again when you tie that with Psalm 139, mm. and then go back to the gospel, like there's this kind of beautiful theme yeah. that the lectionary. And that's uh, one of the things I love and I think hate about the lectionary is it gives <laughs> me this whole other layer to ponder and meditate upon that yes. again, like the text itself usually has plenty, yes. but then you get that and, and layer it in there with the church calendar and Gosh. you're like, Oh, can someone give me some more hours in the week? Please? It is. Yeah. You're a hundred percent, a hundred percent. And that's almost dangerous to me to look at the lecture and say, how am I going to fit this in with that? And so I do appreciate it when it can just be like a, Oh, and by the way, here's another thing. I don't have time to go into it. And so I'm going to, I'm going to tell you, Got to turn off my alarm. Been trying to turn that. <laughs> keeps going off. Um, you know, but but to then to basically say, listen, this is now this is your homework today is to take the rest of this that I don't have time to do, and and go and just meditate and just soak yourself in it. Um, so the the last part of Psalm one thirty nine that just goes well with this idea that that God knows us, God sees us before we ever see Him, and this idea it's it's almost it's like a vulnerable. It makes us feel vulnerable um, mm. because I think there are times in our life, maybe before we come to know to go know Jesus, or even when we're walking with Jesus, where we want to sort of build up some walls and pretend that God doesn't see the the, the parts where we're broken and where we need help. Um, and so it's it's just at the very end of of Psalm one thirty nine. It's it's the last two verses, which is like to me, it's like the best 
prayer, words of confession that we can have, mm. where we say, search me, God, and know my heart. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there's any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. And I just invite people just to, to make that a, a daily prayer. Um, and and as, as Brian Zahn said on Sunday, um, to, to pray that or to pray any other prayer seeking God's mercy mm-hmm. and grace is to... He used the, he used the illustration of, of an hourglass and how, mm. and you know, an hourglass, you have the stuff at the top that's trickling down at, at the bot to the bottom, you know, slowly but surely. He said, Jesus is that, that middle connecting point that brings the, mm. the two together. And he kind of likened our, our prayers and our confessions as sort of that, that way that we're sort of opening up to the, the pouring in of, of what God has for us through, through Jesus, almost like in the hourglass in a sense. That we're just joyfully receiving what's 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 already here, what's already flowing into our lives through Jesus, through the Holy Spirit, and um, uh, man, I, I just love it. That's a beautiful image. Good news, <laughs> and a great one to maybe end on. Yeah, so oh. there you go, folks. Mm. Jesus, right? That yeah, he right. He's that little portal between heaven and earth. Yeah, yeah. And slowly but surely, more and more of heaven's making its way here. That's good. And one day, in all of its fullness. In all of its fullness. That's that's our that's our great hope, right? Amen. Yeah. Woo. Well, brother, final thoughts today, or we're good yeah. to go. Yeah, I mean, uh, go Chiefs again, and uh, looking forward to some good some good football today. I'm really disappointed that the Bills game didn't uh, didn't happen yesterday after seeing the sights. I don't know. Did you see pictures of their stadium yesterday? <laughs> you guys got like they were. I, I think they, they said. I read an article that they were like paying people twenty bucks to just come and shovel snow. Yeah, and they turned it into like a giant slide. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I saw there was there was something on on. Uh, a social media of the words of the the New York governor who said, "For the safety of our fans, we're going to postpone the game until you know Monday." And then it said Buffalo fans, and it had them like <laughs> jumping on flaming tables and catching themselves on fire, you know. And so, of course, I'm sure we have some Chiefs fans that would probably do the same. But it's it's better to laugh at uh, at other fan bases fans so hey dude that bills mafia they are they are a, a pretty good fan base that's right that's and i do have to say hey a salute to the lions fans i mean i just 30 32 years since they won a playoff game i mean we, we've had some bad years as chiefs fans uh but it just nothing in comparison to what lions fans have been through in the year so that was sort of like a feel good like if the chiefs can't win it this year and even let's say the Chiefs go to the Super Bowl and we play the Lions if the Lions win, like take it. Yeah. And enjoy, guys. Yeah, have fun. So I'll be all right at that. Or I mean, <laughs> in my house, we're kinda happy that Green Bay spanked Dallas. Dallas, too. yeah. Snuck <laughs> into the playoffs. And so nice. we're kinda ho- hoping for a Green Bay Chiefs uh Super Bowl so we can be a house hey. divided. Oh so wow. That's right, because Sarah's a Green Bay fan, right? Right. She she actually had her poncho on and was yeah. watching the game and cheering, which is unusual in our house. She's usually disengaged. She's, she's reading a book somewhere in another room. That's awesome. That's so good. Are, are you preaching on Sunday, this next Sunday? I I know I'm off. So I, two weeks okay. in a row. Okay. You know, they're going to start thinking I'm dropping the shared <laughs> teaching model. If I keep preaching <laughs> right. um, so we, uh, young man, Michael Musgrove, will be yeah. doing, again, the call of uh, Peter and Andrew. Um, awesome. 
again. So I'm looking forward to that because he's he's in seminary, and so we've gotten to work together. And he's that's, fun. that's funny. Yeah. Even just the few times I've heard him preach, he's really growing, and Lord's developing that gift, which is fun. That's awesome. Well, this so. is good. Love it. Good yeah. to see you, Bob. We'll, we'll discuss the passage. Neither of us have to preach on it, but we'll get <laughs> we'll some do insight. It. Hopefully next Sounds week. Sounds good. Awesome. I look forward to it. Well, folks, have a great week and beware of those bears. Yeah, grace and peace out.